All right, mister, I got you cornered. I have proof that you stole the last cookie from the cookie jar. What? We don't even own a cookie jar. Yes, we do. The Princess Leia one's on top of the cabinet. Yeah, that's on top of the cabinet. We don't put cookies in it. They were there this morning. I don't think we even have cookies in this house. A likely story. Listen, come with me, mister, and everything will be okay. Whoa. Are you holding a taser gun at me? Jessica, I think... I warned you, mister. It is a beautiful autumn day and the perfect day to solve a mystery. Ooh. I like a mystery. <laughs> Actually, I don't like mysteries. Oh. I don't really care for mysteries. I don't, really? I don't care about mysteries. Did you know this about me? Have we I talked about this? I know this about you. Do you remember when that podcast Serial came out? Yes. And I was actually on board from the day it came out because I was already listening to This American Life. So they were like, oh, listen to our new spinoff podcast, Serial. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I listen to This American Life. I'll listen to their spinoff podcast. Well, then that podcast became like the biggest thing in the country, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, who, who, killed, who killed her? Was it that guy? Was it because of this? What about this and that? And I'm like, you know who killed her? Somebody. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't care what wow. the mystery is. You know what I mean? It's because, like, the way that if you heard Serial, like, the way it was presented, it's like, well, somebody killed her is either the guy who was convicted for it or it was somebody else. Like, everyone was, like, trying to figure it out. Like, it must have been this person or that person. I'm like, well, it could have been someone else entirely that we have no idea who it was. So we'll never know. So I'm not interested. I'm always like that with mysteries. Oh, wow. I had no idea. I love mysteries. Once, but women love mysteries. Yeah. Uh, women, that's what I've learned from Hallmark. All <laughs> women want is to find love, solve a mystery, and own a small business that is thriving. <sighs> <laughs> when it comes to me and mysteries, sometimes a mystery, like a fictional mystery or a real life mystery, might like catch my attention and my imagination. But I'm never like... Once in a while, once in a long while, I'll be like torn up like I really want to know what happens or whatever. But sometimes I'll just be like, well, whatever it is, it's something. That's just always my opinion on mysteries. I'm a real curmudgeon. (laughs) I'm not even a curmudgeon. I'm just like, I'm just like, you know, it's something, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what you call that. Just like level. I'm level headed. Wow, I've always been a big mystery fan. I read the Nancy Drew books as a kid, super into it. Also, Donna Parker. Because we haven't mentioned it, but we're talking about Nancy Drew this week from the first album, from the self-titled album. Didn't we mention it? No, we mentioned it in the other four (laughs) podcast openings that we recorded and failed. (laughs) So we're talking about Nancy Drew, and you loved Nancy Drew growing up, and this is something I always knew about you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy Drew, Donna Parker, Harriet the Spy... Was that really about mysteries? Yeah, she's she's like a teen spy detective. Oh. Not even a teen. She's a kid detective spy person with the guidance of Rosie O'Donnell. Right. I didn't know she solved a mystery. I always assume she's... she's I've never seen it. But I assume when you're a spy, 
you're not really solving a mystery. You're just collecting information that's not yours. You know what I mean? Oh, man. That's different Now from I'm a questioning my Harriet the Spy knowledge because like, I have not watched this movie in years. But it was one that I watched constantly as a kid. Like, I never, I don't think of a, a spy and a detective are different things. I think she solves a mystery. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking, like, James Bond, you don't think of him as a, te- as a detective. Technically, he has to unravel, like, conspiracies, which I guess in a way is is like detective work but spies aren't like here's the person who's been killed or here's the thing that's been stolen and now we must figure out who it is like half the time a spy story is like they're saying here's the bad guy and they're up to something go find out what they're up to that's not really detective work detective really maybe i don't know let's see carter urban dictionary defines a detective as (laughs) (laughs) i think it just depends oh you know it was a great kids book nate the great he was like a hotel detective it's oh, good stuff for she was a hotel detective gumshoe yeah sammy keys another one no never i loved the mysteries as a kid i started reading agatha christie's <laughs> in ninth grade i had to read agatha christie's um the one they just made a movie of with with johnny depp and the main girl from the new star wars movies Oh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, that was it. And I've never finished that book. I've actually never read an Agatha Christie book. Well, maybe you can read it for me and tell me how it ends. Oh, so I do want to throw it back to last week for a minute. Also, hello, new listeners, if you're here because you think we're a podcast about the CW show, Nancy <laughs> the Drew. The new CW show. <laughs> that has like two episodes out right now. We will we're, get to that. We watched it for this episode. We did. Danny, is this the first time you sat down and watched a teen CW show? I guess so. I've seen, I've watched those DC comics, show, like Arrow and Flash, yeah. and those have elements of teen stuff in them right but those aren't really teen dramas i mean they're just on the cw so they're teenish in nature right uh so i do want to throw it back to last week for a minute and so by the end of the episode i had started to like tap my feet and was singing along to savannah i've turned on savannah i like it (laughs) right you've turned saying you've turned on savannah i've turned in a good way no you started the episode not really enjoying that song but now you like it but you started to like it towards the end yeah you admitted towards the end that you were starting to like it but uh, jessica wants to make it clearer that the one of the most beloved songs she actually likes very much yes (laughs) um yeah i also have something to catch up on from last week no, actually, two weeks ago, or, well, yeah, two weeks ago when we did In Love with the 80s, yeah, right, somebody actually submitted or they tagged us in an Instagram post saying, hoping to get on, you know, Sadie Hawkins pod with this cover oh, nice. of In Love with the 80s. Oh, awesome. And Savannah was already running long, so I didn't get a chance to mention this. But Aaron Odegaard sent us uh, a cover, an acoustic cover of awesome. In Love with the 80s. I love it. And since we didn't get to it in the last two weeks, I just wanted to play a couple seconds of it. So it was Jeremy in 1983 in his Ocean Pacific tea who got a bloody knee on his skateboard in the half pipe in the backyard that Tuesday night. And I'm only gonna pierce my left ear. And I've been working on this mustache all summer long. And my favorite band will always be Tears for Fears. And I'm gonna wear a pink tux to the prom. I like that. Yeah, it was good. 
So thank you very much, Aaron. And sorry we haven't played it previously. Yeah, that's a, that's great. Um, and then I like the little like slides up the fretboard. I like that <laughs> that like nice. noise yeah. that it does. I like that. And then we got an email this week from Lindsay Kent, and she said, "Hey, Danny and Jess. Hi, Danny and Jess. I found your podcast a week or so ago and have been enjoying it so far." It's interesting to hear your perspective on the songs as people who have been listening to Reliant K since their early days. When I hear about you guys becoming better acquainted with their more recent albums and finding new favorites in these songs, I reflect on what I thought about first hearing them and how I enjoy them today. My introduction to Reliant K was mm-hmm, which I still adore and have been following and have since followed their music. Uh, I just finished listening to you guys talk about the Savannah Trio of songs you mentioned that you don't have a physical copy of the album, so I thought I'd help you out. And Lindsay sent us scans of all the liner notes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so we'll be That is to, super yeah. helpful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Although, and it's, it's, I mean, we might own a copy pretty, you know, I haven't actually ordered it. I talked yeah. about last week about buying the, the Japanese one. And after I talked about that, I went and looked and it had gone up in price. Before oh. we released the episode. So it's like somehow they knew <laughs> we were talking about it. But, um, yeah, we, oh, one thing I realized is we only have, like, eight Forget Not Slow Down episodes left. Because the way that all the, there's so many intros and outros in that song. Right. And we had decided to combine outros and intros and interludes with yeah. songs. We actually only have eight episodes left. Because when we did Savannah, that along with Forget Not Slow Down meant we had already finished 25% of Forget Not Slow Down. So, like, we're going to have to forget and slow down on that <laughs> album for a little bit. But thank you so much, because uh, Lindsay, because we're going to read through these and start to get acquainted with Yes, thank you. Things. Um, and then she said... Um, oh, but Dan, yeah. if you, even if you do get the Japanese import, the liner notes might be in Japanese. No, I think usually they're just... I could be wrong. Oh, because I have a, um, a, a French import of the Breathless soundtrack. Okay. And... The, all the liner notes are in French. Oh, right. Some t- I don't know. I feel like I have something. That I mean, it is a French movie, but. I have an Australian MXPX CD, and that's in English. So <laughs> it's not an Australian. <laughs> uh, Fair. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lindsay also mentions, because this was a question we had last week with Savannah. Um, it does show an Arnold Thiessen contributing to Savannah, which I assume is Matt Thiessen's dad. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Uh, one thing I always find interesting is that the CD doesn't list the intros and outros on the back. It just skips those track numbers. Huh. See? So we're validated in our putting of the intros in with the main there we go. song discussions. And then Lindsay says, I thought I'd also mention that I like Collapsible Long, even though I'm probably in the minority in saying this. Well, we've been looking for you, Lindsay. Yes. Um, I've actually woken up to Don't Blink as my alarm every morning for the last three years. When it first came out, I didn't love the lyrics, and it was very different from their other stuff in terms of songs and themes and messages. At the time, I came across this blog post, which changed my perspective a lot, so I'll have to check out that blog. While this may not, And we're doing Collapsible Long in two weeks again. Yes. So we'll read it by then. Um, I see the album almost like a concept album where it takes you through a stories of people looking for love in different places and in different ways, but in the end finding that it would never fill them the same way as God's love can. Now, we've been talking a lot recently, and I do want to say it's true, collapsible. So Matt Thiessen, we've realized for the most part, 
when it seems like when he writes songs, he's literally writing about like what he's doing and feeling at that moment. Yeah. Like when he mentions characters and songs, it seems like those characters, if like they're not named specifically and we know who they are, like his sister Jessica mentioned in Seventeen Magazine, like other people like Dan Bakaitis, like there might not be someone named Dan Bakaitis, but he represents something or someone or something that happened in his life. So it seems, and, and, and the people, uh, Justin from what have you been doing lately? Right. Like, I think there is a Justin, even if that's not actually his name. And a Vanessa. Yeah. But in having said this in the last couple of weeks, I haven't put on that print that, uh, asterisk saying collapse of a lung being written by so many people is probably not like that. Yeah. Like the story songs in collapsible lung are story songs. And right. so I do get this idea that Collapse of Belong might be more of a, like a concept album. So you're saying that Matt Thiessen did take somebody home and bang them after church. No, I'm saying he didn't necessarily <laughs> because Collapse of Belong is the one album oh, that I is see. not written in the here and now present day Matt Thiessen who write, who wrote, wrote every other album but Collapse of Belong in, in yeah. the present day. He's like that randy newman sketch sketch from from a uh, family guy where it's like remember it's an early episode when we still watch family guy it's like when the apocalypse happens and then they go looking and they find an apple tree and it's like you guys can have all the apples you want but you have to listen to randy newman sing and then randy newman's there on a piano and he's like a lady gets an apple we'll cut this out <laughs> you don't remember this no we're not gonna play it because we hate family guy now but. yeah <laughs> i remember to live and die in dixie or love and die in dixie something like that and i remember right uh, i don't know <laughs> yeah so one other uh going back to a previous episode thing that i want to mention was in savannah we found at the last minute now i haven't found further evidence about this but last week we found that song meanings entry for the outro baby to savannah yes and someone said Matt Thiessen wrote this song to be performed at their wedding to his fiance, right? And at the time we were like, oh, I don't know about that. That's weird. And there was a link right. to a podcast that was dead. Uh-huh. I have not found like evidence. People out there might know this or maybe you're familiar with interviews. You can direct us to it. I didn't find a further interview explaining this, but I thought about it more. And just based on that idea, if that idea is true... Then I was like, chronologically, it's not suspect like we thought it was at first. Hypothetically, right. he could have written the song Baby. Yeah. And then his engagement ended and he took Baby and put it into the song Savannah and fleshed it out further and wrote a song called Savannah. Because the lyrics to Baby are in Savannah, but then there is a separate song called Baby that just has the baby part of yeah. the lyrics. So that that's hypothetically what I'm thinking is possible there is that he wrote baby, he was going to perform at the wedding, the wedding was called off, he took baby, flushed it out into the full song Savannah, but was also like, well, I also want to perform baby as its own song because that's what it was originally mm-hmm. written as hypothetically. I don't know. If anyone out there knows more specifically about that, please let us know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. Man, I love Nancy Drew. I also love this song. I um, Do you remember this, Dan? In college, uh, for our creative writing class, during like Halloween time, uh-huh. the teacher said, for extra credit, come in dressed as your favorite literary character. And I came dressed as Nancy Drew. Right. I don't remember this. Because <laughs> you asked me 
today or yesterday. It's like, I don't remember this. Why don't I remember this? I had a picture I was going to show you, and I could not find my college photo album before we started recording. I was right. super bummed out. But we know it's here somewhere. Yes. We don't, we don't think it's lost. Except the only thing is, I have natural, like, like dark golden blonde kind of hair. Uh-huh. And during college, I dyed my hair a ton, just like a bunch of different colors. And at that time, I was brunette. So I'm like a brunette Nancy Drew, but I did do the patented Nancy Drew hair flip. Right. Which was a thing I used to do in like early high school was I actually just rocked the Nancy Drew hair flip. <laughs> that was before I discovered Farrah Fawcett and then Farrah Fawcett was my hair idol after that. You know, one of them is fiction, right? <laughs> one of them isn't a real person. Also, just based on that, you'd think that I'm like really old, but it's just I just <laughs> like old stuff. <laughs> Um, well, we did, so in preparing for this episode, this discussion, we watched the new CW show. So, like, yes. because, like, the the billboards for the CW Nancy Drew show have been all over Los Angeles. Yeah. And we're like, oh, there's a new Nancy Drew TV show. There's one, like, right down the road from Right, us. like, less than a mile away from our yeah. apartment. So I was like, we should do Nancy Drew when it comes out. Well, at the time, we settled into doing, we accidentally settled into doing... In love with the 80s. Yes. And that was the same weekend as Forgetting Not Slow's Down 10th Anniversary. So we're like, well, now we have to do Savannah next week. So now we got to push Nancy Drew. <laughs> but that gave us time to watch the CW show. We have not watched episode two yet. Right. We did watch episode one, but but separately. So I actually watched it during the time of whatever that was two weeks ago when I was last week, two weeks ago when I was really sick. Right. And so I kept falling asleep during it. <laughs> But I know enough to tell us, like, ah, oh, CW, you continue to ruin my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, first, not- it was Riverdale. I loved the Archie comics as a kid. and then It oh. doesn't seem as angsty as no. what I understand Riverdale to be like. Yeah. I've only watched moments of Riverdale. It's not as mind-blowingly, like, why? And it's not that I even care about the, the Riverdale characters. The only Archie Comics character I ever cared about was Sonic the Hedgehog. And he's not even with Archie Comics anymore. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't care about those characters, but the show just like, I just hate teen angst. I hated teen angst when I was an angsty teen. Like I hated teen angsty shows. I hated, yeah. you know, Dawson's Creek and what One Tree Hill. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like I hated all that stuff. So it's like, why would I like it now when I'm even like a half generation removed from, I didn't feel this I didn't when watch, I, I didn't watch those either. I was too young for Dawson's Creek. I wasn't allowed to watch Dawson's Creek. And then... When One Tree Hill came out, I just had no interest in it. It's just a show about a bunch of Justins. <laughs> Why would I want to watch a bunch of shows about a bunch shows about a bunch of Justins? All I pardon me while I throw up. That's all I'd say. We're never gonna stop talking about that song. Nope. By the way, that's still our most listened episode. I can't believe it. Because our most listened episodes for a while were like big songs. And now what have you been doing lately is our most listened to episode. <laughs> And it's the only song that had one cover. So are we going to talk about the CW show right now? If you want to, yeah, we'll get to the song. All right. So, uh, like, okay, so I like that they, that the CW and, and other shows that, like, bring old uh, properties to the new, do try to update them a little. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I don't like when they change personalities, though. Um. So, like... Like, Bess and George's personalities, I mean, none of the characters' personalities are right, but Bess and George in particular, like, 
I don't know. I just wish that these newer adaptations of well-known literature would at least try to keep some semblance of the characters' personalities. I mean, you know, you can update it for sure, but this is also how I feel about fan fiction. Okay. It's it's nature versus nurture. If you're going to write an AU, maybe the character would have some differences in, like, personality um, based on their surroundings. But you have to make sure that you bring who they are at their essence uh, into it as well. Or you may as well just be writing a completely new property. Yeah. <laughs> just to go weird fanfic there for a second, but, like, just saying... <laughs> Uh, I did like that her classic blue convertible made an appearance. Um, although I think it's it's usually a little bit lighter than that, but I was glad that they did keep that. <laughs> There's no housekeeper. Nancy has a housekeeper that kind of helped raise her, unless no. they introduce her later. But I think it's because she's a little older when her mom dies versus in the books. I think she's she's a little bit younger. Okay. And it doesn't feel like the dad's like a super well-respected lawyer in town. Like Carson Drew is a very well-respected lawyer in town. That's why Nancy gets away you with. You said that, as but much the, I didn't does. see proof that he wasn't. That we didn't I don't spend know. enough it time. Kind of weird. I don't know. We didn't. He he's a lawyer, and he's just at home, and he just gives Nancy Drew crap. Like that's all we learned about him in the first episode. Yeah. I didn't get that he was a bad lawyer, or we didn't see him doing any lawyering. I mean, men and Nancy Drew tend to always give her a difficult time. Like that's yeah, that's just part of Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew, the original <laughs> feminist icon. <laughs> oh, and Bess and George are cousins, and I don't. It doesn't look like they're going that route in this either. Oh, I can't believe it! It's ridiculous. So one note: I I only have two notes about the show. Right. Go for it. Well, actually, and I have a third now because I was talking about how like mysteries don't really drag me in. Yeah. So I'm not completely heartless when it comes to mysteries. Like I will get sort of invested once in a while. So as we're watching this episode, oh, I'm watching this episode. As mm-hmm. I'm watching this episode, I was starting to get interested in figuring out who the killer was, especially when they start to suggest that it's like other main characters on the show. I'm like, well, it's probably not. Oh, but what if it is? You know, I was like, maybe it is. Maybe that's what they're going for. And then when that first episode ended, I was like, maybe I will watch the second episode. And I was like, maybe I'll just wait till the season's done and just give it to the last episode. Yeah. Because also... Yeah, with mysteries, sometimes it's like, man, let me just let these collect and then I can just binge them all at once. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. When it comes to... I guess my thing is when it comes to fiction mysteries, I'm like... It's someone. It's fiction. But you it could don't be like anyone. true crime either. And it comes to true crime. If it's unknown, then I'm like, well, I won't know it. I won't figure it out. It's not to be figured out until someone else figures it out. So I'm not going to rack my brain wishing I knew. Oh, remember when you and our friend John made us watch all those unsolved mysteries and I just got sad because oh, I yeah. was holding out all this hope that like the people would be found and stuff. And then by the end, they're like, by the way, they're dead. Like by the time we finished recording this and it's being released to you. Well, what happened? Yeah, if you, this, is, this is the thing. If you Super watch, upsetting. If you watch Unsolved Mysteries on Amazon Prime, the way they did Unsolved Mysteries is they would record and shoot and release the original episode that would end with it being an Unsolved Mystery. But then if there was an update to that person's story, Mm -hmm. instead of telling you in a different future episode, they would actually go in and edit the existing episode, which is sort of counterintuitive to what you imagine most television shows being like. You think once a show's in the can, it's in the can. Yeah. But they would actually go in and alter the existing episode. So now on streaming sites that that show is done, they only release the most revised final version of every episode. So 
if and if there were multiple updates they would release multiple they would revise the same episode multiple times so you get the final one and we were watching unsolved mysteries and we're like oh this is such a trip it's so tacky when they reshoot stuff and it'd be like this person was found dead and worse (laughs) in a ditch or something and be like oh no no fun anymore yeah Especially the one where the the one where they were like at a New Kids on the Block concert. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, we're pretty sure that we saw her in this concert footage, and like that she she was following her dreams and went to L.A. And then the end is like, nope, she was dead. She's found dead. Yeah, so upsetting. So upsetting. Right. Well, to pick up from there, <laughs> to pick us up from there. One note was. I stopped halfway through the episode to, to just do my research on the song. <laughs> I was like, I've had enough of this for now. But then my last note was the voiceover, because I was watching this with headphones on. Uh-huh. Their voiceover sounded worse than our podcast. <laughs> and our podcast sounds good to passable most of the time. Right. Right. It sounded like they were recording it like on an iPhone. <laughs> like it sounded really bad. Yeah. Speaking of research, so... Danny did his research first this week and he was like, just don't do the deep dive. No. So he did the deep dive this week because he found something that he wanted to surprise me with. Right. So I watched instead two of, there were three Nancy Drew serials that they would play, you know, in movie theaters right. uh, before like matinees and stuff back right. in the day from 1939. And. Oh, I know. <laughs> so I checked. Me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I checked IMDb. And there were three in total, Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase, Nancy Drew Reporter, and Nancy Drew Troubleshooter. And Troubleshooter is the only one that I did not watch. Uh, <laughs> that's, where he, <laughs> that's where Nancy Drew works for a Best Buy at the Geek Squad. <laughs> she helps boomers try to figure out how to use their iPhones. Exactly. Um, but there is, if you're interested, a really beautifully restored version of uh, Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase on YouTube if you're interested in it. Oh, okay. Oh, man. It's a, so for some reason, uh, Nancy's beau, Ned Nickerson, they call him Ted Nickerson for some reason. And I don't know why. Maybe. And they're also not together, but they are together, but they're not. Like, he's flirting with other girls and stuff, and it's like a thing. Um, he works as an ice delivery man because it's 1939. So you've got to order your ice for the ice box for the week, right? Mm -hmm. And there's this one thing where Nancy needs his help. So she like, I don't know, goes to some like farmhouse and like phones him or whatever and says that she's like a a customer who needs help at this address or whatever needs, needs ice. And he gets there and he's all mad because it's her. And he's like... 500 pounds of ice is going to cost you exactly three bucks. Whoa. That's a fortune. And that's all, that's really expensive. Yeah, like, uh, like eight gallon. I mean, like eight cars worth of gasoline would be three bucks. Yeah. Like a ga- like a carload of, ga- of gasoline was not a dollar. That's crazy. Uh, and then um, all of the men, including Ted... In this, for some reason, are like really aggressive, and none of them have time for Nancy or her antics. Um, she's a skosh belligerent herself, and so I was looking into it, and apparently, I read online that in the 1950s they actually went back and revised the books to make her less unruly and violent. <gasps> <laughs> so I guess that depiction might have even been a tamer Nancy Drew of the time. Less violent. <laughs> what it said she's like breaking arms she's like batman 
She's like Zack Snyder's Batman. She's just bursting into warehouses and <laughs> snapping necks and stabbing people. Oh, and then... I'm Nancy Drew, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> oh, and then like later in the same... That's, that's the hidden staircase. And later in that same episode... <laughs> Ned gets fired from his summer Iceman job. Ted, Ted, yeah, sorry, Ted gets fired from his summer Iceman job because they catch him cross-dressing because he had to. So Nancy gets him into more shenanigans where she's like, listen, Ted, I'm going to have you sleep down here on this cot in these these old ladies' house because the plot is that there's these older women and some big developer wants them to sell so they can put it like a horse race track there or something like that. Sounds good. And and they don't want that in the neighborhood and the old it'll ladies bring, don't jobs. want to sell. <laughs> um, no, I, don't, I can't get behind that. I can't get behind horse <laughs> racing. And thankfully, oh, Nancy yeah. couldn't either. So she hides Ted mm-hmm. in their basement to take a picture of the culprit because someone keeps sneaking in and doing weird stuff in the house. And he falls asleep, and the intruder steals his clothing. So he's in this house that's owned by these two, like, old spinsters, right? Mm -hmm. So he has to just take whatever's there, and he, like, is wearing this, like, goofy, like, very Victorian-looking ladies outfit. And so they're like, and he's like, and I lost my job. And they're like, we found this guy in the alley, like, (laughs) what? I have to see this movie now. It's, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> that's great. That's so funny. That's that's more in a way. That's more daring than anything the CW show could ever do. Oh, Nancy Drew has sex with a guy in the first episode. Who cares? <laughs> like they're cross-dressing in the thirties. Yeah. And wrongful unemployment yeah. or whatever. Wrongful firing. <laughs> For ter- wrongful termination. Yeah. I do know about the old movies because in doing the YouTube research and the deep dive, that's what like everyone referenced when they talked about Nancy Drew in the early 2000s. I don't know if I'll get to these comments or not, but anyone on song meetings and YouTube comments on videos from the early 2000s mm-hmm. when this song was only a couple years old, everyone was like, I love old movies. I love that old movie. Like nobody referenced the 70s show oh, or weird. like there were video games and stuff. Yeah. Like I found one guy who reviews every Nancy Drew computer game. <laughs> That's amazing. I had the Game Boy Advance game. But for some reason, Relying K fans just loved the old movie. And there's one AMV for one of those movies. Oh, wow. Yeah, you, you'll be able, maybe you'll be able to tell me which clips they are. Yeah. Oh, there is one funny thing that happens in um, Nancy Drew Reporter. I'll be the judge if it's funny or not. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a couple moments, but there's one where they go to this hotel and, like, the bad guy locks them into, like, this, like, <laughs> storeroom. <is> <laughs> Where they keep the the light switches for the sign. And so they, they go, we know how to get somebody's attention to get out of here. And they turn the switches so that the sign reads Bedbug Hotel. And all the, for some reason, also this town, like they, they live in a city and there's like a bazillion people. And everyone on the street stops and starts pointing and laughing at the sign the second that it happens. <laughs> this is the video game? No, this is the movie. This oh. is a uh, Nancy Drew reporter. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I totally lost track. But that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. That is funny. 
<laughs> yeah, it'd be funny. It's like, I know how we'll get out of here. And they start like flipping the switch to yeah, spell out they, SOS. Yeah. And then like, so people start looking and like, that sign is, is flickering to SOS. And nope, then they it know. was flickering bed bugs. That's kind of ridiculous. So of course, you know, the hotel management immediately were like, oh no, we have to remedy this and ran up and let them out of the room. Let and... those locked up teens out. <laughs> It's okay, everyone. We didn't have bed bugs. We had just kidnapped some teenagers. <laughs> so the song, Nancy Drew, the song. by Reliant K. Getting to the song. Mark the time code. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a great song. This it's is a really a fun song, song especially yeah. on the first album, which, you know, has not aged well production-wise, mm-hmm. right? And, <laughs> I mean, lyrically, we talk about it really with the first two albums, and maybe a little bit of the third one when you get into some of the lyrics that are like problematic, whether it's religious or just an idea of like mood rings or whatever. Right. There's a lot in the first Reliant K album. That's kind of tough to get through, Mm -hmm. even though I totally have a nostalgic lens for this album. Yeah. But Nancy Drew, I think is undeniably a great like novelty. Yeah. Punk rocks, a pop punk song. Yeah. Like my girlfriend is in the same vein of like a novelty pop rock pop punk song. But you listen to that song now. Even the <laughs> band the, is like, we're never playing that again. That's embarrassing. I would hope, although I'm sure they don't, that Nancy Drew is a song and they could still play. I didn't look up if they have played it in the last few years. I doubt that did they have. Did you ever hear play it? I did. I did. That's awesome. I'll tell you specifically about that. That's right, because you heard them in a time when they only had the yeah. first album. So did they play, like, just the full album at the time? Yeah, basically. Nice. I mean, like, I don't have... Every, not every memory solid, and we've talked about it. I still don't know to this day if I've ever seen Steven on drums, right? Oh. Because I saw, them from, I saw them from when they only had this one CD on mm-hmm. in stores. But I don't know when Steven left the band, and... <laughs> who, who pays attention to the drummer like it took me a while to realize ouch nothing personal you know what i mean like i always tried to be a good fan and be like hey there's more members than just the lead singer right. and the you know lead guitarist and look at everybody and look see see how he's drumming but i just didn't pay attention and know if that was steven playing in any of the early early shows that i went to but um yeah i have a specific memory about this song uh but i don't want to get to that yet okay so I just want to say the opening of this song is like super propulsive. Like it just kicks off and yeah. it's just like, duh, 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 duh. it's so fast. Yeah. It is like MXPX. It's like life in general. It's like super fast. It's like hyper punk rock. And I mean, so the like a lot of, and, and Reliant K in general, I've always thought of them as more of like a Weezer type band. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is like, so, and when people say they're pop punk, they're punk. Like, I'm like, they're not really punk to me. And I love pop punk, but like I've always seen them as a pop rock band. This is a pop punk song, mm-hmm. and I think it's great. It just bursts out, like starts off so suddenly. It's great. And then at the end, we hear for the first time that Beach Boys influence in a right. Reliant K song. That sort, of, yeah. Which itself, the the ending with I guess what you what would you call that? Like a doo wop thing or something like that? Because it's not specifically Beach Boys that ooh. That ending yeah. with that wi- that Ooh. harmonious whistling sort of thing. It's not whistling. My Nancy Drew. Yeah, that old time rock and roll. That like yeah. rock and roll ending. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's a trope that not necessarily is only Beach Boys. It's something the Beach Boys did. But like other, who were the Jersey Boys? What are they called? 
The movie Jersey Boys. The Four Seasons. The Four Seasons. I think of that as more like a Four Seasons thing that yeah. the Beach Boys continued on yeah. with their early music. I just meant knowing that the Beach Boys are a yeah. an influence on Reliant K. And other songs like Lion Wilson are more like very specifically Beach Boys right. references. Um, yeah. Actually, if you want to talk about that... I think I can get into my big surprise for you, right? Oh. You keep in mind any other notes you have about the song, because I haven't finished saying what I love about this song. Okay. In doing my research, this is the thing I didn't want you to find out. I wanted to spring this on you. So on YouTube, there is a channel called RKS2SIK Entertainment. He pronounces how that's pronounced. I forget right now. Um... He emailed me later on because I had questions about this and his retro modern age gaming, I guess is another name for him. And his name's Rob. He was like, my real name's Rob. So this guy has this YouTube channel and he's apparently a big Reliant K fan. He's put out a couple of videos about rare Reliant K releases. He's got like four videos about this. Oh, cool. And he got his hands on this pre-release version of the self-titled album. Like, that must have been sent to reviewers. Oh, Maybe wow. he mentions this. So he has two videos. One with the thing we're going to talk about and the other video and the other video breaking down this pre-release version that he bought. I think he might say this, but if he doesn't, I'll say it now. I think this is like they sent this to radio stations or magazines to review the album ahead of time mm-hmm. before the album actually hit the street. Yeah, yeah. The thing about this album, and it's just a cardboard sleeve with like a photocopy sticker generally sort of recreating the album art it's the album artwork but and i'll show you jessica the picture see there it is okay yep this this version of the record of the cd has one extra song that was not on the actual record what it is an intro what an interlude like (gasps) we did it we did a big interlude outro song (gasps) yes last week we surprisingly have an intro. <gasps> what? This is real, right? So here oh, it is. To describe the sticker that Danny was talking about, it's it's the cover. Right. But in like black and white, and then it has the track listing. Yeah, in over, that white in front space of the over yeah. their heads, it has the track listing and the street date for the album. Yeah. So here is the song. It is called Ed Sullivan and Rare Intro to Nancy Drew. Ladies and gentlemen. There it is. Now you know what that's from? I have heard this before. Well, have you heard the Reliant K thing? Yes. You son of a gun. (laughs) You found this? I'm sorry. Yeah, but like... You forgot? Yeah, but like not, (laughs) not during this research, like before... Oh, I didn't before know we even he... did the podcast? Yes. Well, this video isn't that old. He released it in August 2019. We were already doing the podcast. Oh. How did you hear this song? I don't know. I've heard this before. This is the first person who ever put it up online, as far as I'm aware. How did you hear it? I don't know. Did you own a copy of this pre-release version no. and you didn't remember? I've heard this. How? <laughs> this song, this speci- now the actual song, I l- dug into it and someone on Reddit explained that it is actually... From the musical Bye Bye Birdie. Are you familiar? Have you seen the movie yes. Bye Bye Birdie? Yeah. Then maybe that's why you're familiar with the song. Because 
that it's actually just a couple moments. Maybe I just listened to this. Nancy Drew is one of my favorite Reliant K songs. Maybe I just listened to this after we started doing the podcast, but not part of my research. Because when you told me not to do any research for it, I did not do any. Okay. So maybe you were just like, oh, I'm going to look into Nancy Drew songs. Okay. Well, I still kind of surprised you. So it is a cover, in a way, of this song from Bye Bye Birdie. Ed Sullivan. Me, Harry McAfee, appearing with Ed Sullivan. So the musical Bye Bye Birdie, it's a selection from this two-minute song, right? And so let's go to Rob's video where he describes how he got this version. Now, this, this track, I guess some people in the world must have known it existed for the last 19 years, other than just the band. But it had never been on YouTube until this year, until this August, when... He got this copy of the CD. I wonder why they took it off. Copyright thing? That's what that's what I'll get into. I I have an explanation for that, yeah. I'm sorry that I had heard it already. That's okay. <laughs> so in today's video we're gonna be discussing... Oh wait, 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 wait. I wanna see how hear how you pronounce the name of the channel. Hi, welcome to this episode of RK's Do Sick Entertainment. So in RK Do Sick it's RKS Two Sick Entertainment. Here is his explanation for how he got his hands on this track and put it on YouTube. Awesome. Hi, welcome to this episode of RK's Two Sick Entertainment. So in today's video, we're going to be discussing Reliant K's early years. So basically, the year 2000 was rolling around, and shortly after All Work, No Play, they was trying to make a name for themselves and everything else. And so today's CD has to do with the beginning. So basically... It's just like the standard debut. It's in a paper case, a little bit of a standard back. And so like, it's an advanced promotional copy. It was not for sale, so exactly. How it came to be in public hands, I don't know. But it showed like when their debut was gonna be coming out. So chances of this coming out before was very likely. Exactly when, I don't know. So the only difference between this and their debut is a song called Ed Sullivan, and according to Matt T, they wiped it off because of legal reasons. So the exact reason behind that, I don't know. So, yeah, he said legal reasons. Yeah. Now, I was so, like, enamored with finding this out. Right. I commented on the video, and I was like, hey, I, we run, I run a Reliant K podcast. Can you give me more info? Like, tell me where you found this. And... and he said it was from an interview when he's like trying to dig it up or it was from some other source oh, okay, and he's okay. trying to figure that out. But he emailed us and I was hoping you wouldn't look in the emails either because uh, he's going to do another follow up video on this. And I was like, yeah, we're definitely mentioning you on the podcast this weekend. Yeah, so yeah. Please mention us too. And um, he goes on to explain that he got this on Discogs. Like for, oh, it was wow. for sale on Discogs and oh, somebody wow. probably didn't know what they had or something. Yeah. And I, I wish we had known about it. But, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, he also has a com- like pretty much an almost complete Reliant K collection. Oh, wow. He sent me a picture and I had seen this picture before. That's like you with MXPX. <laughs> I'm not nearly. There are other people who have way more complete. Chris, PX Chris has a way more complete collection. I'm, I'm complete with all the main releases and I got a few rarities, but there's other even more rare stuff I don't have. I'm just being coy and shy about it. So I've seen this picture online. 
And it is he's got on his wall oh, wow. every Reliant K CD, and he's got every variation, right? Oh my gosh. So he's got like every different cover of Three Lefts, That's Two cool. Lefts, and he's got both versions of Mm-hmm, and he's got, you know, all the five score versions, and he's got all, there's various self-titled releases, uh, he's got all the EPs, he's got all this stuff. He's got, oh, you know, the gold editions with the slipcases, he's got all this stuff. And um, so he's the person who found this really rare track. That's awesome. And now, yeah, so he mentions it was for legal reasons. And some people on Reddit assume that. I was thinking it's one of two things. Either maybe that clip of the girls screaming, maybe they didn't properly clear that. Oh, but then yeah. it's because that would have been like the Beatles right. elephant appearance. I mean, right? maybe they could have got like a, a, a royalty free version of that. So yeah. maybe that's not it. But probably more likely is that they didn't clear the rights to covering the song, to covering the song from Bye Bye Birdie. Right. That's probably mm. more likely. Yeah. But the only other thing other than that, I but can the imagine. the Charles in charge theme song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So. There's a there's a really not known <laughs> intro song to this to awesome. Nancy Drew, and I would like to hear like the full lead in from Ed Sullivan into Nancy Drew because you can hear where Nancy Drew starts and the girls are still screaming. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear how that plays out. Yeah. So maybe uh, he'll release. So maybe R two sick, R K two sick. Entertainment will release when he releases a video, maybe release like the full Ed Sullivan to Nancy Drew. Anyway, I wanted to shock you and surprise you with this, but you knew about it. Sorry. You and your deep dives, even in your spare time. <laughs> so that sort of plays into the thing you were talking about, the Beach Boys aspect of the song towards the end, right? Right, right. It almost kind of caps it, like missing that Ed Sullivan thing. It yeah. kind of lost a thread that I guess the album was meant to have for these, for this song, right? You start with a sixties thing. Like it's Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan show. Like it's an actual musical bye bye birdie. Then you go through the pop punk song and then you end it off with another fifties, sixties rock, rock and roll ending. But they lost that because they couldn't release their Ed Sullivan cover. It's too bad. So surprise, we're talking about two songs this week, Ed Sullivan and Nancy (laughs) Drew. So they also refer to Solving a Mystery in Heartache, which is the last song off of the last album. And this is the almost last song off of the first album. Oh. I hope that doesn't mean anything. Oh, no. I don't want to hear that. (laughs) Not when they're just like kind of getting back together. I know. Not when they're just starting up again. I was listening to some Matt Thiessen interviews recently. I haven't really listened to interviews in years and i was like if we're going to be podcasting we should get more direct information from the band absolutely and like interviews from the switchfoot tour in 2016 did not reference that this would be like the end of the band or anything like that right good and you kind of forget that truly madly deeply right was out in 2017 and that's only two years ago right so yeah come on air for free can't be the last full length (laughs) yeah don't scare people jessica (laughs) With your relentless conspiracy theories. Well, I forgot to mention this in the, our uh, our bonus episode where we were talking about the the track list for All Work and No Playlist. Uh-huh. And I was like, I wonder if, because you had said that you saw on like Reddit and stuff, people thinking that this was, that that meant that it was like they're now doing a best of because they're done. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if maybe they weren't doing it as like to see... How many people are voting on this? How many people, people are still, still interested? K- yeah. Everyone wants Reliant K back. Everybody <laughs> wants Reliant K back. 
Come on. So since my Ed Sullivan reveal was not a surprise to you, I'll tell you a story which I don't think I've ever mentioned. But, and I alluded to this before, at Inside Out Soul Fest, which is now just called Soul Fest in New Hampshire, and it must have been the year 2000, so I'm pretty sure this was the only album, and I don't know if Steven was on drums, but I have a specific memory about that show because I think that was the first like really full sort of Reliant K thing I'd seen. The only Mm -hmm. other time I'd ever seen Reliant K and I mentioned it before was at an an open, it was at a Boy Scout camp, but it wasn't like it was open to the public, right? but only like 20 people were there. (laughs) And this is very early in the days of this album being out. Um, and then they play at Soul Fest, bigger crowd, still they're on like the second stage. Right. And I just, I never forgot this for some reason when he, they're about to play this song. Cause I don't know. It was just so funny. It burned in my brain. He was like, so here's a song I wrote. He's summoning to the effect of this. He's like, here's a song I wrote. It's about Nancy Drew. Cause one day I was walking through the living room and my sister had one of those Nancy Drew books on the coffee table. And I, I stopped and I looked and I'm like, ooh, who's that <laughs> on the cover of that book? <laughs> and it's like, I think I'm in love. And I wrote a song about her and it goes like this. And then they played Nancy Drew. You delivered that like it was a Mitch Hedberg joke. <laughs> Mitch Thiessen. <laughs> I can't... So that's my firsthand information. That is not a Danny story. Don't look at me. <laughs> that I is love it. <laughs> informa- that is an intro where he explained the origin of the song I that I remember. It. Um, That's the kind of insider info I come to Sadie Hawkins pod for. Yes. I also remember at that show, and I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to mention this, they they had a chicken mask for some reason, right? I don't know if this is like, because, you know, like, Ryan K's always been known, known for stage antics. Like, they have the Dermike the Buffalo. Right. And they'll do, like, fun little things. This show, they had a chicken mask, and I don't know if this was planned. They pres- They acted like it wasn't planned. But he like he has a chicken mask. He puts it on. He's joking around with it. And then at one point, Matt Thiessen leaves the stage like during a, a breakdown or something. I don't remember what song it was. But he comes back out wearing the chicken mask now. And Hoops is like, hey, hey, you're a chicken. They must have been planned. Like, I don't know. It's been 20 years. So it's obviously the memory warps in my mind. But Matt, Matt Hoops is like, hey, you're a chicken. You can't be on stage. Chickens aren't allowed on stage. And he's like, I'm remembering this wrong. <laughs> He puts the chicken mask on earlier in the show, and he's like, hey, you can't be here. You're a chicken. Chickens aren't allowed in bands or on stage or whatever. And he's like, hey, man, I just want to I just want to rock and roll. This is what Matt Thiessen's doing with the chicken mask on. He's like, I just want to rock and roll. And then they go through, and then they do something. And I can't remember what song it is. Maybe it was Charles in Charge. And he's like, I'm going to prove to you chickens can rock. And then he starts doing the guitar solo. Classic. It was funny. I remember that show, so I remember that show pretty well. <laughs> Somewhere, we have a VHS tape that I bought on eBay of one, because they played multiple times at that festival, one of like the 2000 or 2001 Reliant K appearing at Soul Fest. I've got to find that VHS tape. It wasn't that same show, though. Anyway, <laughs> Sadie Hawkins Dance. <laughs> We're talking about the song Sadie Hawkins Dance. Uh, on the Nancy Drew wiki, under cultural uh, influences... The Reliant K song is not mentioned. What? Get on it, Dan. Okay. Or any of our listeners who edit Wikipedia for fun. Yeah. I will definitely not get around to that. (laughs) 
So one thing about the lyrics. So let's talk about the song itself, like the actual lyrics. Um, I got this thing for Nancy Drew. Her hair is blonde. Her eyes are blue. Now you must like that because they're adhering to the canonical appearance of Nancy Drew, right? Well, I think that that's the only way she had been portrayed up to that point. Hmm. I mean, it's still the only way she's been portrayed as far as I know. There was a 70s show, the Nancy Drew yeah, Mysteries. Yeah, she was with blonde. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm falling in love. I wish she'd say she'd marry me. And why she wants a mystery. Yeah, I know. It's me she thinks of, right? And then um, one time these criminals with their guns thought it would be fun to try and kill Nancy Drew. I jumped out and saved her life. Then I asked her to be my wife, and she said, no, I'll never marry you. Good for you, Nancy. See, she is a feminist icon, because she's like, just because a man saves me doesn't mean I owe him. This isn't quid pro quo, right? Darn right. Yeah, she can be on her own. And it says, it's a really big mystery. I'll put the Hardy Boys on the case, because no no time in history has someone denied my face. Ugh. Right? So Jessica never (laughs) knew that that was the line. And I knew that was the line without looking it up. But... That seems a little... But I think it's a joke. And this is the thing. Matisse went on to become a Christian uh, sex idol, basically, right? (laughs) But this is so early in their career, you can't claim it's just that. Like, they wrote this song before the first album came out. Nobody knew who Matisse was as a whole, right? Like, so maybe... Had he never been denied by a girl? Probably. (laughs) Tyson is very dreamy. But, but again, of course Nancy turned him down. She's in love with uh, Ned Nickerson. Now I this, almost said Ted for a second there. I had to stop myself. <laughs> now, this is my other note, because I nev- never knew anything about Nancy Drew, really. I had never actually watched any of the movies. Mm-hmm. I had never read any of the books, for sure. Oh, I think that she is like a redhead or something in that like 2017 movie. Right. No, that's for this year, 2019. Oh, is it? I the, thought it's a 2017 The girl IMDb. who plays Beverly in the it chapter one. Yeah, she's a sure. red. Yeah, she looks exactly like Amy Adams, and she plays a young Amy Adams in that uh, that HBO show about mental health. What was that called? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Um, anyway, yeah, there was a 2019 HBO movie starring that redhead girl from It Chapter One, and it was this year. So it's kind of crazy that there wasn't a yeah. new Nancy Drew movie and a new Nancy Drew TV show. Well, the publishers needed some money, Dan. I guess. I mean, so. that's what ha- that's what happened with uh, Archie Comics is that they got into some financial uh-huh. trouble and they had to start selling off the the properties. The one um, like update of that property, of the Archie properties that I really, really love is mm-hmm. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Right. As well as the comic that it's um, based off this of. This is not I Christian. The, I know. It's literally the opposite it of Christian. It literally is the opposite. <laughs> but if you, like, if you like some fun darkness every now and then. Right. The comic and the show are pretty great. It's all—it's almost Halloween. <laughs> now we got off the... It is almost <laughs> Halloween, and next week we'll be doing Halloween Blues. And then the week after that, we'll be doing a song off Collapsible Lung, which is the spookiest thing of all. <laughs> now, we got off the track a little bit, but you were saying, of course she's not going to marry Tyson because she's in love with Ned. But I found a lot of people on song meetings and on YouTube comments who 
see this song as from Ned Nickerson's point of view. Oh. And I never saw it that way because I didn't know who the heck Ned <laughs> Nickerson was until this week. I had no idea. I didn't know I, I didn't know her father was a lawyer. I knew nothing about her whatsoever as a right. character that I didn't know from this song. This is the entirety of what I knew about Nancy Drew as a fictional character. So to learn of Ned Nickerson, I listened to this song and I'm like, wait a second, is this, is, is this from the point of view of Ned Nickerson? Mm-hmm. And then I see other people thinking the exact same thing. And then I read through the lyrics again and I listen to the song and I'm like, there's nothing specifically that ties this to being absolutely about Matt Thiessen, the songwriter. Yeah, no, I could totally be. Except for the only two things are one, the intro I remember him giving in 2000 and the intro that I found on YouTube from 2000. He says, this is a song I wrote about how I'm in love with Nancy Drew. The other proof is that we know Matt Thiessen writes about <laughs> things he is feeling and right. things from his point of view with yeah. the exception of collapsible lung. So those, if you know the band, you're like, okay, this is about Matt Thiessen being in love with Nancy Drew. Yeah. But if you just hear this song, there's nothing in there that doesn't say this is about another character from the yeah. Nancy Drew world being in love with Nancy Drew. You could also argue that it's about, uh, she's been romantically tied to one of the Hardy boys. I don't remember which brother it was, but... Oh. You asked me if Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys were written by the same person. They actually were both ghostwritten, so they had multiple writers. Oh. Um, Carolyn Keene was just the uh, pseudonym that they chose, uh, that the publishers chose for uh, all the Nancy Drew books. But there were like, uh, it was like one or two uh, ladies who wrote the bulk of the early Nancy Drew books. Mm-hmm. Well, when I said people thought it was this song is about Ned from Ned's point of view, mm-hmm. and I mentioned song meanings, I was wrong. It must just be in YouTube comments because there are three song meanings on song meanings. <laughs> only three? Only three, huh. and they are the following. One, this song is so funny. Two, funny lyrics. Three, so funny lyrics. I love that movie, Nancy Drew. It's like, guys, read the previous comment. You're not adding much. <laughs> Yeah, but great song. Love it a lot. It's just one of the best, like, real pop-punk songs that Reliant K has written. And by the way, I was thinking about this. And since Reliant K is not really a pop-punk band, to me, they're just a, you know, a faster pop-rock band that is part of the world in which pop-punk was a major genre force, right? Mm -hmm. So, of course, they'd be labeled as pop-punk and they'd be seen as that. But to me... They are like a rock band, right? Mm-hmm. I realize the most pop punk album they have is the Christmas album. Like that is an actual, like from the production and performance side of it and the guitar yeah. and the tone and yeah. the way it's written. That is a pop punk album. Like yeah. that sounds like band camp pop punk. <laughs> and but the rest, they're all their other albums. Even this one have an original like sound to them that makes them undeniably their own thing reliant k specifically even when you say that maybe they've copied some chord progressions from uh suicide machines or some 41 still reliant k makes their music their own and they don't sound like pop punk to me pop punk is like green day you know i've always thought that reliant k just kind of did their own that's the only pop punk fan i know (laughs) Green Day. Simple plan. Good Charlotte. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've always thought of Reliant K as just being their own thing. Their own sort of 
musical genre. Like yes. Lana Del Rey. <laughs> so I did the deep dive this week because I wanted to keep you from learning about the Ed Sullivan song, and that Sorry. was a waste of time. Sorry. There wasn't actually, like, a ton. Um, I kind of wish that I had just pretended like I hadn't heard it. <laughs> now I feel bad. But I found a couple blogs. It's okay. I found a couple blogs about literature and Nancy Drew, the character, like Nancy Drew fan pages, that just reference that this song exists. Right. But they don't actually right. talk about it in any big way. They just kind of like, hey, this song exists. <laughs> That's really all it is. <laughs> it's sometimes just a paragraph. It's like, still love Nancy Drew. Here's this song. And then like, there'll be a comment. It's like, yeah, that's a fun song. But and no none one's... of you could update Wikipedia? Yeah. But no one's adding to the discourse of the song. People are just <laughs> like, hey, song exists. Check it out. Okay, cool. Thanks. Three or four different Nancy Drew blogs that I found. Like, yeah. nothing really contributes to it. Um. I forgot that I have in front of me a little like pocket book that I got, not like a purse, but like a tiny book that would fit in your pocket called Nancy Drew's Guide to Life. And oh. there is some really great, uh, great advice in here. If your chum, instead of you, gets a call that your parent is hovering at death's door, it may be a hoax. Loophole in moral code. It's okay to steal a car if it belongs to your kidnappers. Flowers sent by secret admirers might be coated in poison. Nancy Drew's life is just one of constant anxiety. <laughs> like, she just, people are always trying to kill her. Oh my gosh. It's, it's all sound advice. When searching for important clues, anything labeled top secret might be a good place to start. When trying to crack a numerical code, don't rule out latitude and longitude coordinates. That's actually pretty good advice. Actually, it's funny that you say um, <laughs> Nancy Drew's life. Also, April chewed on this book a little bit. Look, her little teeth <sighs> prints. April, <in> <laughs> not professional. <laughs> um, talking about, speaking of anxieties, um, thanks to, I don't remember which book it was, but when my mom was reading one of the Nancy Drew books to me as a kid, her car, uh, somebody tampers with a bridge that her car is on and her car plunges into the water and I have had bridge anxiety ever since. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she survived. She's Nancy I know, Drew. You'll survive. But, it, but her beautiful convertible, Dan. Which again, I think they end fiction. up getting it fixed because it's like, it's in the next book. Right. Um, well, on the deep dive that I did for you. Yes. I found a South Florida Sun Sentinel article written on September 22nd, the year 2000, titled Dogma Keeps Reliant K from Being Fun. So, oh, okay. It says, because opposition breeds fiction, and now we'll have to remember this article when we come back to Marilyn Manson and my girlfriend. <laughs> because opposition breeds friction, identity, and finally purpose, Christian, I'm just struggling. Christian punk popsters, Reliant K, should thank the Lord that the Marilyn Mansons of the world exist. I read that sentence wrong. Reliant K, performing on Saturday at some skate park in West Palm Beach, gets uh, gets to define itself in part by picking on heathen rockers such as South Florida's very own Manson. I didn't know Marilyn Manson was from Florida. I thought he was from Ohio. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, was he born there? You can look that up while I keep reading this. 
my girl now this will get to Nancy Drew but my girlfriend the second tune on rookie on rookie release Reliant K laments a sweetheart lost to quote disgusting trash on MTV and to one and to one of that network's staple performers Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend goes the perky refrain Satan consumed her mind and he may do it again she once believed in the truth now she believes in sin yeah, Marilyn Manson is from Canton, Ohio. Same as Reliant K. Oh. So this, so um, hold on. Sean Piccoli, music writer. Music I mean, writer's maybe a weird... he moved to South Florida at some point. I don't know. Music writer is a weird last name. Sean Piccoli, <laughs> music writer. You need to get your facts checked out. Um, he he did get one thing right, though. Yeah. What? Reliant K are great punk boppers. <laughs> So, the part where it gets to Nancy Drew, if Less Than Jake or Blink-182 were writing the song, were playing the song, the holy heartache would be tongue-in-cheek. First of all, Less Than Jake would never write a song <laughs> about that at all. Like, Blink-182 might. What is it with music writers that just cannot get Reliant K right? Yeah, right. In a way... Like they just don't get Reliant K. Tom DeLonge does sometimes have, like, ironic sort of religious references, like, because he was raised very Christian, right? Mm-hmm. So he'll kind of have things, especially on his um, his solo EP, uh, Odds and Ends or whatever it's called. Like, he was raised Christian, so maybe hypothetically he wouldn't write, obviously he would not write Marilyn Manson and My Girlfriend. Right. But if he wrote a similar song or something, or if he bought the song from Relying K and reworked it like yeah maybe something would be tongue in cheek they'd change something but Lesson Jake would never write a song in this ilk (laughs) so whatever I don't know Um, but while Relying K has the sound of punk irreverence rarely is it deliberately ironic Nancy to prove his point he says Nancy Drew takes a boyhood infatuation with the fictional girl sleuth less than seriously but there is no questioning or satirizing anywhere on the album the virtue of religious faith. So I read all that. So up to this point, the person's point is, Reliant K is too religious to be enjoyed. They harp too much on what's evil and wrong and sin in the world, and they don't satire their own religion enough. And then he relents that, sure, Nancy Drew isn't a serious song, but all their other songs are serious and not ironic. There's that juxtaposition. You following me here? I, I'm following. This is, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Sean Music Writer, he could be doing our job for us. We got to get Sean Music Writer on the pod and then offer him the <laughs> podcast. Because he's doing a way better job. I'm closing that. Who cares? <laughs> Um, and then I found, and I knew about this website at one point, but I completely forgotten about it when we started the podcast, trademark.net, but it's spelled trademark-rk.net. Yes. It's like the yeah, big, I've been there it's one of the yeah, big yeah. Reliant K fan site that like collects interviews and stuff. I completely forgot when we started the podcast that it existed until this week. Um, so they were interviewed during Warp Tour, Warp Tour interview. I don't know if it says where the interview came from. Or what year? Or what year? No, it doesn't. No, it. No, I guess it doesn't. But um. Wait, SM Central's questions. I guess it's something called SM Central. Okay, 
Uh, she asked, Be My Escape is a pretty big departure from your early days when you wrote about Nancy Drew and Seventeen Magazine. She should add the two best songs on the album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so your whole album actually, so is your whole album actually. I can't quite put my finger on what's different about it. Maybe a bit more mature, maybe a bit more serious, not sure. Matt, how were you feeling at the time when writing the songs for Mm Mm-hmm, and how do you feel this album is different? Then Matt Thiessen says, even though the first album came out in 2000 when I was 19, the songs were written when I was 15 or 16. So that's good to know. So Nancy Drew was probably written when he was 15 or 16 as opposed to when the album came out. Yeah. Um, Even though I guess, so hypothetically, we kind of always assume like, oh, if a song is on All Work and No Play, it must predate this album and then we kind of assumed the songs on this first album must have been written between all work and no play in this album but i don't think there's any proof for any of that sure any of these songs could have been written in 2000 for the album specifically but there's no list to prove which songs were maybe he actually wrote sadie hawkins dance well in high school maybe he just like sat on it until yeah unless we find another interview where he says when he wrote sadie hawkins Hawkins dance (laughs) Because, yeah, because we know lion was written early, right? Right. Because even though it's on the second album, it started on All Work and No Play. Yeah. And here he's saying these early songs were written when I was 15 and 16. Yeah. And lion is the kind of perfect pop punk song of, like, <laughs> writing about your favorite cartoon show. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, he definitely he definitely wrote lion when he was 15 or 16. Uh, but I don't know. Mature... And then Mac continues... But I don't know. Maturing, the new stuff just came out of a little bit different, a little bit more serious time in my life. The last year was kind of rough. There was a bunch of different things happening with the band and with friends and things like that. So, yeah. Kind of moving on from the point of what I figured out about Nancy Drew is that he probably wrote this song in, like, you know, the late 90s, in 97, mm-hmm. 98. Yeah. He could have. He could have written this song that early. And I guess that's my deep dive. Nice. Good job. So how do you think I did the deep dive? On a on a on a tier ranking, how would you place that deep dive? <laughs> S to F. Give it a solid B. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding, I give it an S. Yes. <laughs> so um anyway, did you have anything else to say about Nancy Drew, the song? No, just love it. Total jam. Yep. Oh, you know what? I think I actually I think I actually use this because of that, like, that really rockin' opening, that do-do-do-do, that, like, I'm pretty sure I used this in high school as a wake-up tone. Mm. Yeah, we didn't talk, two things we didn't talk about in the song is, yeah, there's that, like, that, what it, this, that sort of, like, that, like, I don't know what that is, if yeah. that's a guitar tone, if that's some sort of guitar effect, or if it's some sort of, like, yeah, when you, synth like, or something. <laughs> like, when you do, like... The, you like do the downstrum and you like move your hand up the fretboard or whatever. <laughs> right. We know nothing about music. <laughs> We're talking about this part. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a synth, if that's a guitar thing, but it sounds awesome. Yeah. And then the other part we didn't talk about is the part where everyone starts screaming in the background. That part always left me a little bit unsettled because I got the idea. I never really like sat down with headphones, like pushed against my ear and figured out yeah. what they're yelling. But I figured out like, oh, they're yelling like, oh, Nancy, we love you, Nancy. Something <laughs> along those lines, right. probably, right? Yeah. But don't know what they're saying. Don't know what they're saying. Everybody wants peace and answer drill. <laughs> the good and the bad. <laughs> so, um, yes, I only found one l- live video of this song. 
So maybe this is a song that they've stopped, they flat out stopped mm-hmm. playing after the anatomy, anatomy of the tongue in cheek came out. Um, they, uh, they don't play a lot of, from the or, first album, yeah, from the first anything, album. Really, yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah. Anymore. Um, so Geo Joe Keo, and this is a album, this is a couple of live out videos that we will probably be coming back to. And I knew about these, but they're called Reliant K in Concert Part 1 and Reliant K in Concert Part 2, and they're shows from the year 2000. There's It's one show from the year 2000 broken up into two YouTube videos, and there's no playlist listed on the YouTube video, so I never knew what was in here. And I'm like, Nancy, but I found no separated live Nancy Drew videos. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there must be one in here. This is the earliest YouTube video I know yeah. of, and it's a full show, so I kind of kept skipping through a minute at a time looking for Nancy Drew, and I found it. Not only that... It's got Steven on drums. Oh, nice. This, so we can actually get to see Steven on drums here. And a little bit of the stage banter opening up. So this is in Detroit at the Underground Cafe in in Troy, Michigan. Troy, okay. Michigan. Right? This is this must be some actual, like, youth group. Like, I think this is actually, like, because Underground Cafe, quote, unquote. I'm using air quotes here, right? Like, so many youth groups and youth groups I knew of, they would have just, like, their basement like hangout area and it was actually like church for the night for the kids on a thursday or a saturday night and they called it the cafe but it was just youth group right so and right now we're about to to hang out in the underground scene at the underground show <laughs> yes we are but here's the thing these kids i hate them <laughs> barely any of them are paying attention Oh. They're taking this completely for granted. Oh, man. Reliant K in the year 2000 is there to play for them. What are you doing? At their crappy youth group in the basement at the underground scene at the underground <laughs> show. And they're barely, and if you watch this whole show, there's a lot of points where they're like making jokes about like, hey, if you guys get up here and, you know, walk up to this front stage, start dancing, we'll give you a cookie. I don't know what he exactly says, but there's like tiny, like nice, you know, passive-aggressive Christian jabs that, hey, you guys aren't really paying attention to us. There's tables. They have tables set up in front of this youth group stage. So here we go. Here is Reliant K talking about and then playing Nancy Drew in the year 2000. I got, I got, I got a survey for you guys. <laughs> you want to hear my survey? What's I, your survey, <laughs> Matt? Yes or no? Have you ever heard of uh, Nancy Drew before? Anybody? Hello. Yes. I hear she's a looker. <laughs> she solves mysteries, man. She's very man. foxy. Oh. She's a detective. And she's, she, uh, really? if, if people kill other people, she'll usually find out about it and try and fix it. It's like watching That's the legit. dead milkman. Some, some oh, yeah. dead milkman banter right here. <laughs> it is. And she teamed up with my, my guys, the Hardy Boys, not the wrestlers, but... Uh, the actual Hardy Boys. They, they solve mysteries, too. But anyway. Rare moment here. Teason's wearing a hat, and Hoops is not. <laughs> <laughs> what a freaky Friday. <laughs> it's like that this is a really rare reference from me, but it is like there's an episode of Home Improvement <laughs> where they watch the first show of the, the show within the show, Tool Time. Like, they have a flashback episode, like, basically an origin episode, and this is, like, late in the series, later in the series, and they show the very first episode of Tool Time, and Tim Allen has a beard, right? And he's, like, introducing, because it's old, it's, like, whatever, it's years before the actual home improvement started. He has a beard, 
And then he's like, and now I'm going to bring out my new guest, uh, my new co-host who's going to be here with us every week. And then Al comes out uh-huh. and he's clean shaven and right. he's known for that brawny guy beard. Yeah. And like the audience like basically screams <laughs> like the live audience. Because at this point that show, it's I feel like it's kind of lost to the ages now. Although apparently it airs on like the Hallmark Channel or something. <laughs> But it's like, you know, people knew that show and they knew those characters and seeing him clean shaven, like people reacted so That's so funny. funny yeah. <laughs> but it's like that. Like he's wearing Teason's wearing the hat and Hoops is not. I thought Nancy Drew was so nice that I wrote this song about her. Cause um I talked to her one time and I asked her if she'd like to marry me, but she said no. Yeah. So in in a moment of depression I wrote this uh peppy punk rock tune. <laughs> It's called Nancy Drew. (laughs) (laughs) What is with these kids moshing in the front? These two boys just like slamming into each other's chests. There's just two boys in front. Like, this is how you mosh, and they're just slamming directly at each other. Got this thing for Nancy Drew Rare is brought to rise up blue Yeah, I think I'm falling in love What is this voice? This is punk rock Tyson. <laughs> no, punk rock Tyson is British. <laughs> oh, is what I got a thing for Nancy Drew. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, all work and no play is just... It's so British. It's such a treat. Tyson was an Anglophile when they recorded it, all work and no play. <laughs> oi, 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 all these criminals and their knives, they thought she'd take her wife. <laughs> I wish she'd say she'd marry me, and why she wants a mystery. Yeah, I know it's me she thinks of. Nancy Drew, I love you. Yes, I do. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. You see, Stephen is actually singing backup vocals there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's uh, Nancy Drew live in the year 2000. Oh man, I don't want it to end. <laughs> you want to just keep going? No one ever married Boo-hoo! It's so so punk. This is so awesome. This is the Reliant K that I saw like half a dozen times. Jealous. Before they super blew up. Jealous. Yeah. And again, I was thinking about this recently. I grew up in Massachusetts. The very far northeast, like past New York and above Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. was not a big market for Christian bands. Hmm. Not until Christian hardcore and punk was about to break into the mainstream like when it became 50% of what was at Warped Tour where like Christian tooth and nail bands you know mm-hmm. like by the time it really hit a couple one or two years before that you st- we started getting Five Iron Frenzy on every tour you know mm-hmm. oh, okay. Supertones on every tour or whatever but there was like I used to watch every tooth and nail band 
on the tour page of Tooth and Nail, and none of those f***ers would come. I'm saying it. None of those f***ers would come to Massachusetts, right? It's super, super rarely. Reliant K and Supertones, I think I mentioned this before, but the first two Christian, like, punk and ska bands to always hit Boston on every tour. So I think maybe because they were such a small, considered a small market for some Mm -hmm. reason for Christian record labels, maybe that's what helped me have such relative access to talking to them at every show. Or Reliant K was just super friendly and wanted to interact with every fan in those first three albums because they were still building their fan base. Yeah, Danny loves living in LA because now he gets to see (laughs) all of his favorite West Coast like ska bands and stuff that he could never see. Used to come play in Boston and then would break up. Now they're all getting back together and they keep coming to uh, and they keep playing in Los Angeles. (laughs) Yes, because Tom Tachilla keeps making them all get back together. (laughs) That's MXPX's manager, and he manages all these other bands. Like I think he's actually helping Fiverr and Frenzy now. Like when I saw Fiverr and Frenzy most recently, they said Tom Tachilla. He's the guy that's like bringing all your childhood bands back together. Anyway, he's doing the Lord's work. (laughs) He is, although he's, (laughs) but he works with other bands too. Like it's not just Christian bands, but he's like, hey, there's a thing going on. I don't know what his deal is. I don't know much about him other than when he's on my career's podcast. Um. Anyway, so are you ready to move on to fan stuff and covers? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, speaking of covers, um. I love the covers portion of our podcast. I look forward to it every week. Yes. Though, admittedly, I don't often go back and revisit them. Right. Sometimes I do. There are some that I really like that I do go back and revisit. Um, One of those was uh, last week we played a mashup of Savannah and Sleeping off uh, Air for Free by Katie Biscoff. Yes. And I went back and re-listened to that cover a couple of times. <laughs> and then I clicked around uh, Kate's page. And sadly, that's her only Reliant K cover oh. right now. Uh, but she does have two original songs. At least I think they're original. And they're on Apple Music. And I really dig the one titled Big Sur in particular. So oh, nice. if you enjoyed that last week, give Kate Biscoff a listen. Okay, I will. Probably not, but I'll try to remember to. <laughs> So we've talked about them before. I'm going to do covers first because covers do not go deep. There's okay. only three covers. Princes of the Sun, who put together the entire Reliant K self-titled. I was going to say album. we've heard them before. Yeah, because there, if if we're gonna, if we ever do a Reliant K self-titled song that has no covers, we can always just listen to the Princes of the Sun. Nice. Here is their cover of Nancy Drew. This thing for Nancy Drew Her hair is blonde, her eyes are blue Yeah, I think I'm falling in love I wish she'd say she'd marry me Why she won't a mystery Yeah, I know it's me she thinks of I didn't notice it when we uh, listened to their other cover, but the lead singer's kind of got a Michael Stipe from R.E.M. thing going on a little bit. Oh, yeah, I guess so. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little, little bit. You're not, you're not crazy. <laughs> you're not incorrect. <laughs> that was like a 
sort of a folky kind of cover. Yeah. Well, then there's only two other covers. <laughs> and one is not a cover. It is Lakeisha Kruger. <laughs> Lakeisha Kruger's back. Which she it, strikes again. She strikes again. The, a lyric video, as they all are, for the, tricking you to listen, thinking it's going to be the song Nancy Drew. With her stolen pawn five music. <laughs> but it's actually this. And it's just got the lyrics for Nancy Drew up on the screen while we're hearing that song. Then, I don't understand. Like, make sure you that you hit play at the same time. Like, what's the point? Then the only other cover is a dual. It's a drum and guitar cover at the same time. And there's not much going on there, honestly. It's it's a guy, two guys, two kids playing guitar and playing drum at the same time. So that's the covers. But then we can move to the fan stuff we'll do the fan stuff next okay because there is an amv for the 1939 movie now maybe you can tell me which of the movies this is if this is nancy drew reporter or nancy drew in the hidden staircase or the third one whoops do you remember all this footage yeah this is from nancy drew reporter because he has oh. the the hat because she gets him a hat she's like He's supposed to go with and pretend to be her photographer because she, of course, got a boring assignment <laughs> because at the newspaper, the local newspaper is going to let, you know, teens from the high school come in and, you know, write some articles for the week. Uh-huh. And they hand out assignments and they're all like, you know, fluff pieces and stuff that they would allow a child to write, basically. But and we all know it's because she's a woman. Yeah, exactly. So they hand out the assignments and Nancy's So she like, beats the crap out of the editor. <laughs> Nancy's not happy. There's some big trial going on in town at present. And she's like, I'm going to go write about that instead and get the real scoop. And so she goes to talk to this woman who's in jail and decides that she's going to take Ted along with her as her uh, photographer. So she buys him a hat because she's like, every newspaper man has a hat. And then she stomps on it a bunch of times because she's like, you have to look like you're real haggard and like you've been out there pounding the pavement. She's so violent. (laughs) So Kay Keegan, who said nine years ago you just have to love nancy drew this is a sorry the youtube comment you just have to love nancy drew i have liked her ever since third grade and i'm in 10th now and i still love her it's awesome again nine years ago 10 years ago hey i thought this was a great video you did a great job that wasn't worth reading anyway (laughs) There are not as many fan-made music videos this time, but there are a couple. And this first one has a real... Now, we're getting very specific, because Jessica is a David Lynch fan. Yes. But I don't know if you're familiar with early internet David Lynch as much. He's got a DVD called Dynamic. Yeah, only a little. That This DVD called Dynamic is a collection of his early internet shorts. And here's the thing. Okay. He's a remember, he's an A-list Hollywood director. Yes. He's really back on the map now with that whole Showtime Twin Peaks thing. Yep. But when the internet started up and he wasn't really making feature movies anymore, he just made a bunch of short films. <laughs> yes, he did. That if they were any other person, they would have maybe five views on YouTube. Right. But because he's David Lynch, and the, is it the boat one? No, yeah, the boat one's like the prime example. Yeah. It's literally just him with a low-end SD video camera driving a boat yeah and like that's it <laughs> if there is early, some of his internet shorts were so bad some of them were amazing like rabbits and stuff but like 
This one has that boat-esque, like, black and white, sort of like, uh, you know. Oh, wow. So it's three girls in black and white with a fake film filter put over. Ned is a big stuffed bear. And then, like, it's been all slowed down. It's real SD. Like, the the white balance is way overblown. Like, every, all the whites are, like, apocalyptically bright. This is great. The shots are all really wide. And it's just, like, I'm definitely putting this one up on the social media. The cuts are odd. Like, they're in a creepy basement. This is amazing. <laughs> they're sliding down a slide. And they magically end up outside on the lawn. Like space and time are warped just like a David Lynch film. For a second, I thought you were telling me that David Lynch made a Nancy Drew fan (laughs) film. And I was like, that's what I think this might be. (laughs) Now, the criminals with their knives came along to kill. But they needed Ned's help. But Ned Ned helped. And this is more supports the idea. Ah, And then Nancy slaps him. Yeah, because he said, will you marry me? And she said, no, I'll never marry you. This is another thing that suggests that Ned is the narrator of the song. Mm. And so like we'll skip around to the end. I just want you to. Wow. I just want you to see at the end. Oh my gosh. So in the end, and now there's two. Two other boys, two other little boys. I don't know if they're they're younger than the three girls playing the yeah. main characters. But these two other boys show up at the end, so they all have a big dance party. Yeah, they're all dancing around. Here's to be the rumpus room in yeah. this house, yeah. and they're all just dancing around. <laughs> and then in the window, like if you remember Elizabeth Taylor in the Krusty Comeback special, says no. And at the end, when they're all having the rap party at Moe's, she's just looking in the window at what yeah. she missed out on. That's Ned, the stuffed the stuffed bear. He's just looking in at the dance party. And there's like a slow zoom. And there's a slow zoom over and this zoom is, in. This is genius. This is particularly was like the Lynchian part of it. Yeah. This is genius. <laughs> so I forgot to mention, but that is... That is ULO Studios... In September, on September fourth, two thousand nine. Fantastic! Great oh, job. Oh, they were supposed to be the Hardy Boys, the two oh, boys at the end. It just said so in the credits. Okay. Um. Now this one is actually really, really good. <laughs> I, I think there's some stuff to talk about here. Okay. Here's the thing: these people have an eviction notice or something. <laughs> oh no, it's a it's a class. It's a school. classroom. Never mind. <laughs> these kids actually know how to make a video. Like it's a yeah, little... this looks like maybe it was for like a like a TV production class in high yeah, school or something. Yeah, but we've seen other Reliant K fan made music videos that are for TV classes and stuff, yeah. and they look horrible. The editing all like connects, like it's actually telling a visual story. Like you could almost play this as a silent film and actually understand that yeah. this kid with the baseball hat and the curly hair is in love with this girl who the, is dressed like it's the 50s. Yeah. Like, they actually put some... She's like, got blonde hair, ...thought blue into eyes. the wardrobe. Yeah. He's lip-syncing. <laughs> he says, I love you, and all the other kids in the class look over at him because he apparently said it out loud. Then they've, the criminals... They've got their... those, uh, those, like, uh, 1998 computers where, yeah. like, they're filming them, but it's got the black, like, bar scrolling right. across it. So this is actually a really well shot video. Yeah. Like it is not HD, but it's like it's actually colored correctly. You do see a shadow from the camera right there. Yeah. 
But yeah, that was a. This is a good video, and this yeah. is by Strawberry X Addict. Nice. In, again, 2009. So for some reason, 2009 in the very early days of YouTube, people were all about this. The first Real NK album. That's fun. Um. <laughs> um, I found in doing the deep dive. I did not find this on YouTube, but I found. Oh no. I can't get into it. Not this time. There we go. There's I I kind of maybe knew about this website, but there's a website called GodTube.com, and I think it's like a YouTube, but just for Christian videos. Okay. And somebody uploaded their AMV of of this song set to the '70s show. Nice. But GodTube has just about the most ads of any website. Like, you'd think there's ZergNet. Like, you can't play two seconds of the video. It's not even actually with footage. It's just still images of of the 70s Nancy Drew show. But that is GodTube. And apparently, I looked into GodTube a little further. Relying K has an official account on GodTube. Nice. But I don't don't remember. They have not uploaded to it in a long time. Nice. Um, Then someone took a bunch of the this... This is amazing. This is like outsider art. This is the first thing I'm going to post after this episode comes out. Um, Bria, it's like Brian, but without the end, or Bria. Bria123 Micah in 2007. So maybe one of the first Nancy Drew videos on YouTube. Put together a bunch of stills, but they're all like made on MS Paint. Now for the sweet guitar <laughs> intro by Malanke. I think I'm falling in love. And it's a picture of the 30s Nancy Drew. Mm-hmm. And all of these images, like, they almost defy wow. explanation. Yeah, they do. Oh, my gosh. This when is I like... say, yeah, like, the composition is just, like. And clearly made in MS Paint. They're all made in MS Paint. Yeah. They're all, like, proper 4 by 3 aspect ratio. Yeah. But they're just, like, like clip arts and, like, photos of Matt Thiessen and, like, big empty white spaces with nothing in it and then like a devotion like some sort of nancy true like like devotion board with every picture of of the leading (laughs) (laughs) every picture of nancy drew pretty much that ever existed all crammed into one four by three image like this defies explanation it's just like yes i do (sighs) exclamation point oh my gosh and then nancy drew three exclamation points and this really creepy I think I think that's a picture of Matt Thiessen really badly cut out because it's probably like they probably in MS Paint in late 2000s MS Paint I think you couldn't draw around them you had to literally erase everything around it so he then he has this Matt Thiessen head he puts it on this like MS a body I think he drew with like these broken legs (laughs) And he's giving him, a, or he's giving her. She's a giving ruby. her a ring, but it looks like an old-fashioned camera because, yeah. like, he couldn't really draw a ring box, or just like a ruby and a ring. And then box. the body of <laughs> what's I can't. It's not Darcy. What's what's uh the name of that 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 eighties and nineties comic strip that I hate, where it's always like Ack Kathy. <laughs> it looks like Kathy's body. <laughs> But then a woman's, like, like a beautiful woman's photo face put on it, but part of her hair is missing. And it's so JPEG'd. He got the colors right, though, because she is wearing a black dress in the photograph, and she's wearing a black dress in the drawing. 
then when it's no one has denied my face, it's a really it's probably the creepiest existing picture of Matt Thiessen. It's like so he my looks face. like he looks like Alex from Clockwork Orange. <laughs> It's a very early MySpace photo. Yeah, he looks like Malcolm, like a young Malcolm McDowell, and he's holding a, a he's holding a penguin toy, and he's looking at the camera with that Stanley Kubrick stare, where you're like you have your eyebrows basically leading into the camera. Yeah, and then that same stick figure, <laughs> Kathy lady, comes back and says, "No, I'll never marry you." Whoa! Then this one is—they're all just mind melting. All of these what? pictures. As much as Brinley hearts burritos, and then a picture of I guess Brinley, a girl plus, plus burritos and a, and a Coke, Coke can. Yes, I yes, do. Yes, I do. <laughs> this is like if a manifesto was ever done in MS Paint. <laughs> this is it. Like, although clearly Bria one two three Micah, I don't think is a nice. She appears to be a fun person. This yes. just has this very odd yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) very odd quality um i used to draw lightsabers in ms paint because it was pretty easy nice (laughs) you just sat there and drew them it's like oh look at that i made them did you save them i did i made them for it to be my 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 desktop my background because i was really into star wars and then when i was 15 i got a mac and like never looked back cool <laughs> um so i'm gonna skip this but super if you want to look it up super sleuth 412 did a nancy drew tribute and i thought it would be relying k i always play it for a second it's some sort of some r&b song i have no idea just in tribute to all of like the 50s covers to nancy drew books nice it said to the best amateur detective right on and this is the song all right, mystery at Lilac Inn. Bungalow mystery, I love it. Oh, the secret in the old attic, so good. So that, Sorry, I'm talking over the song. That's okay. Well, that's all right, because that just sort of resets us back into semi-normal YouTube world. And then we can then we can get back into another creepy space. Because, <laughs> Jessica, it's been a couple weeks since we had a shipping video. <gasps> yes! And I think the last shipping video we had got really weird really fast. Yeah. This one gets even weirder even faster. Whoa. Not weird in that same way. But this is... The video is just called... That was, like, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one doesn't get uncomfortable, but this one's on the same line as those weird MS Paint images, okay? (laughs) Okay. This is... The video is just called Nancy Drew by Relying K. Very unassuming title. Yes. Right? It's uploaded by Amanda Cook in 2007. But then here's the freeze frame. Oh, goodness. So what is that? Can you I tell what that at? is? It's a real blown up picture. What, can you tell what it is? It's a lady's face and a man. You can't tell what those, who those are? I cannot I'll tell, tell you who I'm they are at. after I press it's play. It's really spooky, though. The dude is really, uh, like, ghostly and You don't recognize your old friends Ron and Hermione? <laughs> That's a really, 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 really Whoa. super close-up picture of, Ron, of the actors who play Ron and Hermione in the Harry that Potter does movies. N- I, that looks like Hermione. I can accept that. But that's Ron. Also a little Haley Atwell-esque. But the <laughs> the guy? No. Okay. So that does not look like Ron. That video. is horrifying. Harry Potter slideshow. <laughs> wow. Also, it's very blown out and JPEGs. So this is just... A Harry Potter slideshow of every, like, 
shipping image they could find. At first, oh, wow. we start out with Harry yeah. and Ginny, and it's like fan art of them kissing, yeah. and images of them like laughing together, and it's right. like those those like motivational posters, but it just says Harry and Ginny and a picture of them, and like any picture at any age from any of the movies where they're standing together, and it's just a collection. I'm but it- all about the proper ships for Harry Potter. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I like yeah. Harry is supposed to be with Ginny, and Ron is supposed to be with Hermione. Here's the thing, and I agree, and this is why. Because when that happens, they all become family. All the characters that we were with the whole time are now one big family. If Harry goes off and marries Hermione, the characters that we loved now are just bitter and have no reason, or have no reason to be together. Yeah. Because Ron was in love with Hermione, and Harry marries Hermione, and now, like, nobody, like, because now... Harry is married to, when they all marry into the Weasleys. It's yeah. a little it's a little oddly ancestral, but but it's they're so together. sweet. It's family. Yeah. So all of these so like stop talking, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> don't don't try and go back and reset things. Uh uh-uh. uh. Don't tell people that you wish you had done it the other way. No no no. You did it the right way the first time. So just like every sort of like glitter bomb oh and like gif and like. Yeah. <laughs> Adtext.com. Like every one of those square. Like um, these are meant to go in signatures yes. of, of message boards. I was going to say in all, 2006. All those little square pictures that you that had uh, words on them of your favorite characters that you would put on your MySpace page. Yeah. Like I had like five of those of Pam and Jim, I think, on mine or something. Right. Go on there. Some of them are animated and it's. <laughs> <laughs> It's so the most JPEG image. These are like real, real super low res wow. shipping images. And then it just ends with. Oh, weird. Then it. No, but then it. So it's in sections. So first you have Ginny and, and Harry. Then you have Ron and Hermione. Then you have the section called the Champions. And it's, <laughs> it's just, just reminding. It's just reminding. It's just reminding you. <laughs> Of all of the champions from the fourth movie and book. I support Harry, so... I love it, but I love that it it went from picture of Cedric Diggory to ship picture of, like, I think uh, Harry and Hermione to then a picture of uh, Hermione and Crumb? That's his last name, right? Yeah, Yeah. That guy. Yeah. The guy from the Russian school. Please forgive me. It's been a minute since I read, since I read the books. I think our Christian Victor podcast. Crumb. I think on our Christian podcast, will be expected not to know anything about Harry Potter. Oh, that's true. Um, Why did you show me that, Danny? <laughs> Very disappointed. See, you Danny, watched Harry Danny, Potter. Remind me later to go back and edit out the thing about Sabrina. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll let you know that. I'll remind you. So finally, because I watched that. The algorithm then blessed me after getting through this weird slideshow of Harry Potter ship videos and showed me this this video from Ethan Locke's YouTube channel. Nice. From 2010, Reliant K, when it was John, Matt and Matt and John and John and Ethan, they all went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Orlando. Oh, wow. Is this set to Nancy Drew? Why did this No, it just came up because I watched a Harry Potter Nancy Drew video. Oh, nice. So they're like, well, then you'll want to watch Reliant K actually going to Harry Potter. Potter fan? Getting close. There's John Warren. The Wizarding World of Harry 
Potter. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. There's T Sons. This is gonna be awesome. That's Ethan talking. Awesome butter beer. Beverage. What did he say? Hold on. He said butter beer, beverage. No, 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 but Tyson oh. called butter beer something wrong. Butter bear. He's like, I'm looking forward to this butter bear everyone's talking about. Butter bear sounds like the name of a Reline K song. So John Warren is looking forward to is getting his magic wand from Ollivanders. Nice. Um, it was it was full of magic and wonder, and, and we came out victorious. John Warren wants you to know everything was full of magic and wonder. Did they go before their uh, set for Rock the Universe? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and then it ends with them going on the roller coaster, and John, John, Matt, and Matt all go on, and Ethan, he lucks out or what do you call it no that's his last name he he chickens out and he doesn't get on and he watches everyone else fly away on the roller coaster oh actually it's just one john and tson so oh you know who i don't even think hoops is in this video now that i think about it two johns oh both johns okay yeah. so hoops wasn't there that day Hoops, because I, I don't think he has saw him in the video. Oh, well, whatever. Did you see Hoops in the video? Like, it's a Where's Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just, there wasn't room. Go on the next one. I love the very confused other people on yeah. the ride. <laughs> who don't know why they're being filmed no. and don't know who Reliant K is. No. <laughs> just tourists trying to have a nice day, like... Why are we getting filmed by some stranger? Why is he talking to the other people? But Ethan Luck, the real metal punk rock guy in the band, and he's too chicken to get on the the roller coaster. So, uh, yeah. But if he hadn't, then he couldn't have filmed it. So, whatever. Good for you. So that's that's Nancy Drew. It's Nancy Drew. Hey, and it's about a book, and books, you know, Nancy Drew started in books. uh, But now we don't have to read the books anymore because now we have the CW show. So that's so. Any final thoughts, Jess, on Nancy Drew from the first album? Well, let me leave you with this from Nancy Drew's Guide to Life. Oh. After receiving an electrical shock to the system, find as many men as possible to vigorously massage you. We just wasted 105 minutes of your life. 